Welcome to On the Human Spectrum. I'm TM Fritz, um, and I get to talk to neuro-interesting guests to hear their insights and struggles. I deal with a giggle or two as we explore the varying ways we find purpose, meaning, and connection, and define and perhaps redefine success. So my guest today is, I guess, me and your questions, or some imagined questions and some um, written questions, some uh, questions that I get when I mention um, or ask people about being guests on my podcast and or when I just mentioned podcasting. And uh, that reminds me, if you do have questions or comments or concerns, freakouts, maybe not freakouts, you can share your freakouts, but maybe you can just keep them to yourself. (laughs) You can email me uh, at onthehumanspectrum at gmail.com. I'll put it in the links below. And um, it's from my website as well, same website, onthehumanspectrum at Oops, sorry, on the human spectrum.com or rather on the human spectrum.org. Uh, if you do.com, it'll get you to.org eventually. So let's see. First question Are you doing a question and answer because you are behind, running behind on editing your podcast with guests? Yes. Yes, I am. And I saw it was perfect timing for question and answer. It also allows me to remind myself and to say out loud, thank you, guests, for coming and talking with me because. Talking and sharing your stories is um, brave, you know, because a lot of people, uh, one of the themes I wanted to look at at some point is how hard it is to share and put yourself out there. Um, And one of the things I particularly want to do and invite people on to talk in my podcast are people who don't normally share their voices, opinions, voices like literally um, and opinions or stories. Um, And so part of that is trying to be very careful about not pressuring people at all to, um, for instance, after I talk with guests, I send audio, their audio for them to feel, to look through, to hear, listen, see what they feel comfortable with, what they don't feel comfortable with. Um, and basically to have a little time to process, you know, putting themselves out there, especially when their name's attached. Uh, I'm not actually using my real name. I'm TM Fritz. T is for Tanya and M is for Maria, a good lapsed Catholic. And Fritz is my great grandmother's uh, name. So it doesn't feel like I'm putting myself out there in the same way. So I really appreciate people who come on and, um, have been able to share of themselves. That's it's, it can be hard. So are you doing a Q and a, because you're running behind editing your podcast with guests? So yes and no, in the sense of, I'm not necessarily running behind on editing, um, because the edits are fairly easy. Uh, I just m- wanted to take a moment to give space. And as my husband this morning said, you know, this is a false um, um, deadline that today or to do this for posting on the 11th. But that leads me to the next question. Why do I, what is my posting schedule? I don't know that anybody cares, but people might care. I like to post, and somebody's asked me this recently, you know, what's your posting schedule? I ideally would like to post on the 1st, 11th, and 21st, plus or minus the 31st of each month, because I like ones. Um, And that might sound a little bit funny, but I think ones are fresh and ones are associated with the color green. I don't know if um, the part of my, the conversation with uh, one of my autistic friends, um, AKAK, got captured about synesthesia of numbers and uh, colors. But I do know that somebody else I want on on my podcast, and I hope she'll say yes. She's thinking about it. 
uh, a delightful chemist in her 80s. And everybody in her family has different, um, they all see colors with numbers. And I asked, you know, do they see the same numbers or colors with numbers? And they all have their own association. But so back to ones. I love ones. They feel fresh to me. And the color green is associated with ones. Sometimes yellow. Actually, yellow is a pretty good color, too, for ones. Um, so I digress. But that's kind of the fun I think of. Uh, oh, that brings me to neurointeresting. What is my definition of neurointeresting? And I was just talking to, again, my husband, who I've interviewed several times, so he's not ready to share <laughs> his stories yet. Um, but about what does neurointeresting mean? And I think of it as, I think not even just most people, all people are fascinating. And the people who are most fascinating to me to talk to are the people who have let themselves, either because they can't help it, or because they've decided to embrace themselves, let themselves be themselves. And when people are really truly themselves, then it's really a joy to talk to them about how they approach life and how they live and how and why the why is behind. So that's my uh, concept of neurointeresting. And um, I think for a lot of people on the autistic spectrum, you know, we talk, a lot of people talk about masking and hiding and trying to blend in, but I think probably most people do that to a certain extent. They just may not be as aware of it. Um, and so that's, 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 well, that's a long way of answering that question. Let's see other questions. Oh yes. Oh, some fun parts. The um, people often tend to ask about like the technology be behind podcasts and my sound is not perhaps great, but it's not terrible. And I think there's some very simple ways of doing that. So if you want to start a podcast, it's fun and it's fairly easy and it can be done basically initially totally free. So, uh, and I'm not selling anything. I'm not making any money off of this. I'm not endorsing any particular things. I'll just tell you my way is, um, first of all, uh, just Google it. You know, how do I start a podcast? One great uh, or YouTube it. One great resource is I found is Buzzsprout. I can try to remember to put them in the links. And um, they really are like, they answered the, several articles with how do I start a podcast? What's the technology behind it? What can I use? And all those kind of things. And um, they have a free service initially, they're a hosting site for podcasts. And within certain limits, they're free. So you can certainly try it out. And afterwards, it's like $12 a month. It's, you know, a couple cups of coffee for just a lot of fun. And one of the reasons I really love the idea of podcasting behind, besides people's stories and getting to ask people and analyze people, which are some of my favorite things, is also because I have absolutely no ear whatsoever as far as like music goes. And I've, this is a tangent, but <laughs> I love tangents, but I enjoy learning how to play piano. I use learning loosely because it's a joyful struggle because it's something totally foreign to me, but it opens up an entire world. And the same thing with podcasting, the second step. So basically you uh, can learn from Buzzsprout. Then if you zoom everything, then you have a recording of the audio and you have, um, it also clears up, uh, makes the sound better than if you were just recording directly onto your computer. And then from there, you can go to Audacity, which is another free downloadable, downloadable program. And the fun about that is to see sound waves. You know, so if you've ever seen, maybe every, other people are familiar with this, but if you've ever seen 
you know, the recording studios like in movies. Then you see sound waves, which are really like, like mini movies in a sense, but in sound. And to get to play with that has been tremendous fun. I don't remember what the question was. Oh, yes, podcasting and the technology behind it. You can certainly learn it. If I can learn it, frankly, anybody can. And part of the learning it, as I often describe to people is uh, who ask, is for me, I would YouTube something, have my Audacity program up or have something else up. You know, YouTube something, it's like a couple minutes long and then be like, okay, I got it, no problem at all. And then go back to um, attempt to do what I thought I just learned to do and not remember a darn thing. And so I just go back, I deal it with a giggle. It's always good to giggle with yourself when it's a joyful struggle. It makes the struggle joyful. You can giggle and then uh, re relook at the YouTube, like 10 seconds in, just do another 10 seconds pause. Or if you're a visual person like I am, just look at the scripts. You know, that's the nice thing is that you can just read the scripts and kind of do it at the same time. You might hear my puppy, Felix, sighing in the background. He, we're a little perhaps late for his walk. They're another, another contented or maybe just um, he's registering a complaint. So a few more minutes here of let's see what else, what other list of questions did I have that I get frequently? My own definition of success. Hmm. So initially, I think of success as a way of asking people in a way that doesn't sound too personal because success is huge and broad. And when I ask people in that framework, it's not as scary as um, you know, when I say exploring meaning, purpose, and connection, to me, that is success. But the terms explore and success, I think, give people so much space or guess so much space that hopefully it sounds like we can look at the social construct of success and think of the personal without it being potentially threatening. Because I think to share authentically can be hard. Let's see. Uh, here is an imagined one. This is from Hal, Hallie Otosis. You don't sound like a professional. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you for noticing. Uh, let's see. Why haven't you interviewed any men yet? That is a good question. And I do have some men scheduled. Uh, also, I, my community tends to be very female-based, which is you know, my local bookstore, which I love, and my local library or libraries all have more female participants then or it's a big sigh in the background i could interview felix he's a boy my pup let's see do i have any pet peeve words yes please thank you for asking um two phrases that get me uh the phrase is more than pet peeve words and i've talked about pet peeve words in other places the phrase unrealistic idealized body i think words are pretty damn important in the way we except to use phrases or not as a society make a, a difference. So unrealistic, the idealized body, like it's an unrealistic ideal, um, basically endorses that it's an ideal that we all agree on, but the problem is that it's unrealistic. And what I just want to point out, since I have this voice that I can share today or whenever, is that uh, I would take issue with the concept of ideal, ideal. I think we should say unrealistic, distorted body. That's just my two cents then. And then I have an issue with the term perfectionism, though I think people usually understand it more broadly. But perfectionism really isn't trying to be perfect 
for the sake of perfection, it's often fear-based. And so here are just two, two little pet peeve phrases. Pet peeve is maybe not the right word. Uh, it's more like phrases I have objections to, uh, not for people to use them, but because I think as a society, when we coin words or agree to use terms, there's so much, there's so many connotations in those terms. Um, and that brings me to being literal. You know, one of the accusations of people on the autistic spectrum is that we're literal uh, and also a fascination with etymology and those kind of things. But I think there is sometimes a very useful a contribution to being literal, to thinking about what does the word come from? What does it encompass? What does it mean? What's under the surface? So often we think of literal as being very concrete, you know, kind of obvious and missing something. And I would challenge that to say that it actually means, sometimes it can very much mean the opposite, where you're looking at not concrete, but broader in a different perspective. Now I feel like I'm in a soapbox. Let's see. Are you Canadian? You sound Canadian. <laughs> so I had this yesterday, not directly, but I, I didn't realize that my and, A-N-D, and end A-N-D to me, but sounds like E-N-D to other people. So I'm not Canadian, but I have parents who are Italian, grew up in New York, and Croatian who met in New York, who moved to France. My whole family lives in France, and I lived in France, was born in France and lived there for a while. So I may be more of a French, can, not Canadian, but that accent. And let's see. That's probably a good start. And um, if you have, again, comments, questions, concerns, um, I would love to hear from you. And when people uh, on other podcasts ask for comments or questions, I always think they don't mean it, but they probably do. So that's my questions and answers for today. I might have some mea culpas, but I have that included in other episodes. And eventually I'll have some updates. And I have two really cool guests that I want to share with you in the upcoming uh, few weeks. <laughs>